a great uh, election day in Michigan. No problems and, and frankly, no surprises. And the, the number that people were looking for probably was just the number of uncommitted, and uh, it was high uh, over on the Democrat side. So, uh, But what does it mean? Don't know. We'll find out as the days go by. But uh, we are racing toward another matchup between former President uh, Donald Trump and President Joe Biden, who, by the way, surprised everybody by departing to Walter Reed Hospital today, he said, for his annual physical. But the annual physical usually makes it on the list of events, and his annual physical did not make the list of today's events. So we'll find out what that's all about. Uh, we are here at the Economic Club, and in fact, Steve Gregorian uh, is standing there speaking with our Steve, Steve Finiteri, the two powerhouses here uh, ahead of time for this very special broadcast. Uh, tonight, uh, we are going to be, uh, today specifically, going to be following the Detroit Red Wings. Last night, following them uh, for a fabulous victory. Eight goals they haven't had in I, I don't know how long. But we're going to find out uh, because it's all Red Wings, plus breaking news and other news and information. And to do that, we are so happy to welcome in our co-host, uh, Anthony Bellino. Anthony's been with the station off and on for a number of years. He's way on now. Uh, co-hosting Sports Wrap with the legend, Lomas Brown, and uh, AB, which is what Lomas calls you. And you're a legend in the making, Anthony. Well, I don't know about that, Paul. I do? I don't know about that, but I'll tell you this much. He did ask me, Lomas did, yeah. to make sure that I referred to you as the legend <laughs> with his hallmark laugh afterwards. <laughs> well, we're still working on putting his laugh together with Mayor Coleman Young's laugh. Because Mayor Coleman Young's laugh, and I, I can't say that I'm a good imitator, but it was something like... <laughs> something like that and it's close enough to lomas has anyone put that together yet dave rieger nope not yet all right they will eventually put that together and you'll see what i'm talking about if you don't remember anyway you can be a sponsor here go to econclub.org join or be a sponsor like the patron sponsors dow dte foundation ford motor company gm uh, go to econclub.org now Dave Rieger's here working. Danielle Mason is back in the studio. Rich Luzinski taking care of traffic and weather. Ray Templin and Marie Osborne is doing the WJR News Briefs today for the luncheon. I am indeed. Are you excited? Have you done this before? Oh, yeah. Oh, you have. Okay. Yep, I have done it before. I always knew it it's was It's always Lloyd. exciting. It, yeah. It's it, always exciting. Of course it is. And, uh, and you've got a lot of news. And it's, a lot of it's going to be about the Michigan primary, I'm sure. And what else? Well, oh, there's a lot of uh, stuff going on. These headlines will focus a lot on business. We have these cuts coming to the U.S. Army. We'll be talking about that with yeah, you coming up. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we're going to be talking about the uh, Insurance Institute for Highway Safety coming out with its top safety picks. Uh, so lots of uh, good stuff coming up. I, you don't do that off your phone, do you? I do not. I'm a paper person. Yeah, when I see people giving a very important speech and they're referring to their phone, I'm thinking these people like to live dangerously. Dangerously, right. Yeah, yeah good I for you. I agree with you. All right. Um, I mentioned that we have uh, the great one, A.B., uh, I can't say legend yet. You're too young for that, Anthony. But, uh, but then again, so am I. Uh, Anthony Bellino knows everything about sports. Uh, he does. Uh, I'm not going to go through the whole list. We've gone through it before. But we welcome our first guest. He is the executive vice president, COO, of Illich Sports and Entertainment, Ryan Gustafson. 
Nice to see you, Ryan. Likewise. Thanks for having me on the show, guys. It's, it is certainly our pleasure. And what a night last night was, huh? That was electric last night. They've all been electric recently, though, so it's been fun at uh, Little Caesars Arena. Eight goals last night. The boys are buzzing, as you said, so it's fun to be a part of it and uh, exciting times down in Hockey Town. And it's like so many things in sports, it's all about timing. They've had some ups and downs this season, but, man, they're on a real good up at the right time. Yeah, I mean, that's what sports is all about. You stay humble in the tough times. You stay resilient. And also, when you're doing well, you, you, uh, you know, count that as a, as a win. And, uh, but also, you know, we've got a long way to go uh, to get to where we want to be. 23 more games, as I understand it, from the news story I was reading from Ted Culfin of the Detroit News. Uh, and the eight goals, of, we mentioned, a season high for the Wings. And the most Washington has allowed in a season. And yesterday's Wings win the sixth consecutive victory. That's the longest uh, run, I think, since uh, general manager Steve Eisenman took over in 2019. And, you know, I, I think the word that we use for Stevie is patience. He's shown a tremendous amount of patience running this team. Yeah, I mean, that's what our entire organization is all about, is just getting better every day, uh, knowing that we have <clears throat> really big goals, but, um, you know, uh, not focusing on uh, uh, what happens in one game or another, but just being patient and, and trying to get better every day and that's what steve's doing and uh, likewise on the uh the business side we do that as well forgive me if i'm crossing into bad territory but going back as far as i do there's no question that mr i loved hockey and the red wings if he had to pick one team that was his favorite i know he didn't do that didn't want to do that at least not that i can remember it'd be the red wings because of hockey and he wanted to be a hockey player and all that stuff is Christopher in that same line of thinking, or has he learned to spread it out over everything? I think you hit it on the head. He spreads it out over everything. I mean, Tigers and Red Wings, we, we spend equal amounts of time talking about each. He's just as excited about the progress we're making at the Tigers as we are at the Red Wings. And uh, great great things ahead for our, our city and our fans who are um, obviously so excited about both teams. So um, really looking forward to a, an awesome uh, finish to the Red Wings season and a great Tiger season. Now, you had mentioned, Ryan, before going on here today, you guys were down in Lakeland. I know that Chris has talked about and, and the players have talked about that reinvestment into Comerica Park and what that means for him. You can see him at Little Caesars, you know, throughout the course of the Red Wings. When you look at, you know, you talk about pre preaching patience, and, th and that's what the organization has been about. Kind of the trajectory that both programs are on right now, obviously, Tigers spring training season hasn't started. Red Wings making that push for the playoffs. That would be awesome. When you look at this trajectory from the business standpoint, how does that kind of change everything as the teams are more successful? I mean, obviously it makes things a little easier when the teams are doing well, but our job is to focus on making sure our fans have a great time when they come down to the arena or the ballpark, supporting Scott Harris, supporting Steve Eisenman and, and executing their vision however we can, and just making sure that, um, you know, our like I said, our – we're engaging with the community, and, and when people come down to our events, they have an awesome time whether we win or lose. So obviously it does make it better when we're winning, and it makes it funner, but, uh, you know, we don't, we don't try to think too much about that. You know, it's a, it's a great question that you ask, Anthony, and I'm not surprised, but it really uh, indicates, underscores the changes we've seen in sports across the board. For the 55 years, 56 years, that I've been talking to people in all lines of business and all sports, I suspect you're the first Harvard MBA associated with a sports team that I've ever talked with. That's how different the business has changed. Am I right or wrong about that? Uh, I mean, look, I, obviously it's – Don't be uh, shy. You're a Harvard MBA. <laughs> 
Well, I appreciate you saying that. Um, there's a lot of really great people that work with us, uh, you know, from all backgrounds. And um, it's fun to be part of this business and something that I've always wanted to do. But uh, business degree or not, um, we're just looking forward to continuing to create memories and uh, do great things for this city. Well, good for you. And aren't we lucky to have you and the entire team that Mr. Illich has put together, the new Mr. Illich, I should just call him Christopher, because <laughs> I knew him when he was a little kid, the new Chris Illich uh, team that he's put together with everything he's responsible for. He turns it over to people like the executive vice president and COO of Illich Sports and Entertainment, Ryan Gustafson. Ryan, thanks for being our guest and have fun today here at the Economic Club of Detroit. Thanks, guys. Go Wings and go Tigers. Go Wings and go Tigers indeed as we continue here from the uh, soundboard at the Motor City Casino. It's the 2023-2024 Detroit Red Wings Day for the Detroit Economic Club. You can join. Go to econclub.org and you can become a sponsor and join Dow and DTE Foundation and Ford Motor Company and GM and other great sponsors. Stay with us on WJR. Yep, here we are. It's a Detroit Red Wings Day at the Detroit Economic Club. Join econclub.org. Become a sponsor. You're going to love it and be a part of all the action, and, uh, and we're having fun with the various folks stopping by. Uh, Paul W. here, along with Anthony Bellino, the co-host of Sports Wrap with the legend Lomas Brown. Uh, don't miss him. It's a great show, Monday through Friday from 6 till 7 p.m. And uh, speaking of great, uh, an old friend, Terry Radigan, is here. And he, it, he, he kind of retired from General <laughs> Motors and is busier than ever. It's very true, Paul W. Great to see you. Thanks for having me on. It's great to see you, and uh, it was. I got your note the other day. I'll help out any way that I can that Thank you were you. asking about. Uh, Terry is now fully involved as the chairman of the Detroit Sports Commission. Could you pick a busier time to take over those duties full-time? Absolutely. A perfect timing, and what a great sports time we have, and so much activity going on, and now, of course, the big event is 57 days away, the NFL draft uh, in, in our great city. Just cannot wait, and there's a lot lot of activity going on right now. The 2024 NFL draft presented by Bud Light Correct. is going to be of special interest to any other University of Michigan graduates, fans, people who just love Michigan, whatever their connection. Because it seems to me there are so many Michigan football players that might, in fact, be in that draft. I think it's a record, if I understand it correctly. Sounds 18 like players went to the Combine in Indianapolis, so that is a significant number. And you're right, local interest will be there, obviously, from the University of Michigan uh, and their fan base. But the best part about this, Paul W., is 31 other NFL cities will have their fan bases here in our great town, and it is just going to be a completely off the hook. I cannot wait. We could not be better situated geographically right? in terms of getting all those other people to come in and enjoy themselves. Going to be biggest and best, I think. Well, it's a good point you make because I was in Kansas City last year, but Kansas City is a tough drive for much of America. You think about the fans from Buffalo, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, Chicago, Cleveland, even Green Bay and Minnesota are within driving distance. So I believe we're going to have record numbers, and uh, we just cannot wait to have everyone come into town. So, Terry Radigan, is there something? Can you give us the insiders? This is our NFL draft. I mean, it isn't, but I'm calling it that. 
Is there anything we need to know or anything we need to do now to assure our place, our position, that we have tickets and that we're able to go, or is there nothing you can do in advance? No, there is something you can do, Paul W. Thanks for asking. Uh, First of all, this is a completely free event. So everyone is welcome. It's very inclusive. And the key thing that folks would want to do right now is download the NFL One Pass app. NFL One Pass app. It will get you into the footprint. It will provide you with much information leading up to the big day. And uh, so I would go get that app right now. But uh, let me just assure you, Paul W. is just on a phone call this morning. Uh, There are so many people, and this is such a Detroit thing. We're all pulling in the same direction. There's subcommittees and big committees, and safety is a key component, and marketing and communication, operations, you name it. It's in good hands, and people are doing it as a labor of love because we know what a significant opportunity this is for our city. Well, and and I want to tell you how important this is to WJR. We have Steve Finiteri, our boss, there. He he never comes to these things. <laughs> of course, he might be here to see Anthony Bellino for all I know. I don't know. We have Ann Thomas, uh, the first uh, women program director in the 101-year history of WJR. We have Jeff Marcero who is in charge of, uh, of the advertising for everybody. And even Mikey, who's here and uh, 50-50 gets things right uh, in the uh, sales department, <laughs> uh, gets things right. No, he works very hard and does a nice job. But uh, it, let me just go through this real quick. In this order, we've got the NCAA D1 Men's Basketball Midwest Regional, March 29th, March 31st. The NFL Draft we just talked about, presented by Bud Light, April 25th, April 27th. The fabulous Chevrolet Detroit Grand Prix presented by Lear, uh, May 31st through June 2nd. We will be there, obviously. We'll be there at the Grand Premier the night before, that Friday, Mm -hmm. raising more millions of dollars for children's charities. Uh, We've got the Rocket Mortgage Classic, June 25th through June 30th at the Detroit Golf Club. WJR will be well represented there. And then the NCAA D1 Men's Final Four, April 3rd through April 5th at uh, Ford Field. I mean, I, maybe I'm not. Oh, that's in 2027. I wondered yep. why I got out of order there. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I got to believe that my partner here, the guy who uh, does a great job co-hosting Sports Wrap with legend Lomas Brown, Anthony Bellino, you're going to be involved in all this stuff, either with WJR or in other ways. Well, I, I plan on just hanging out with Terry. Uh, <laughs> Why not? That, that was my new strategy. <laughs> You'll here. get in. You know, I finally got to, uh, to meet him. Jeff Marcero has talked so highly of Terry, so I was so excited to finally get to meet you. And I, I have a question about how you go about trying to schedule, prepare, and plan. You know, the Detroit Grand Prix is an annual, right? Uh, the Rocket Mortgage Classic, an annual. So we've got a good feel for how that operates. But as far as the Midwest Regional for the NCAA tournament and then the draft, literally within a month of each other, how do you go about planning this from a committee standpoint to bring all of these events here? Well, first of all, the people that you talk about with the Rocket Mortgage or with the Chevrolet Detroit Grand Prix, Michael Montry is on our board at the Detroit Sports Commission. Jason Langwell is a key member of our team. And we have learned so much from their experience already. Last year, you know, they brought the the race back from Belle Isle to the streets of Detroit. We learned a ton about what we needed to do for the fan experience, and that's really what it's all about. This is all about the fans. And then, and, and then Jason is just an invaluable resource for us because he's pulled off what three, four, five uh, Rocket Mortgage Classics, and and that's an, an amazing event for our city every year. I am so glad you mentioned uh, those guys. They are the unsung heroes, Terry. 
uh, as as you are often a, an unsung hero, but we want people to know you are the chair of the Detroit Sports Commission. Jason Langwell, quietly behind the scenes. I mean, he comes on our show, so my listeners know who he is. But quietly running a very important and difficult project uh, known as this uh, great uh, golf tournament that uh, has put Detroit on the map. And even more importantly, the Rocket Mortgage Classic has changed the way other cities have these kind of internal golf outings that they've spread out and understand now the importance of giving back to the community, which started with Rocket Mortgage and the Rocket Mortgage Classic. And then you take Michael Montry. We always hear about Roger Penske and Bud Denker, and, well, we should. Right. But Michael Montry is one of those three musketeers there to make that race happen. And now being on the streets of Detroit, after being on Belle Isle for years and leaving behind millions of dollars of improvements so key. to Belle Isle, which was left out of a story the other day in the paper, which is why I brought it up again. Um, it, it's just amazing to see all the people who work so hard to make this, indeed, a great fan experience for all of us. Right, and that philanthropic piece is such an important part of it, and we're doing that with the draft as well, Paul W. We have set aside money for Beyond Basics and for uh, Project Play so that we can get after literacy and active play for kids in our city, and it's going to live on long after the draft. This is a legacy gift that we are giving. So, uh, again, we're not aware of any other city that's done a philanthropic component of the NFL draft, but that's what we do in Detroit. But I'm, I didn't know that, and I'm so glad to hear that. And that just carries on now a tradition that has been established. And, exactly. uh, and if that's how Detroit becomes well-known again or further well-known, so be it. It's all good work. It's all good. It's all good. And I appreciate the opportunity to be with you guys today. Well, it, you're so funny, Terry. Here he retires from General Motors <laughs> and is about ten times busier <laughs> stepping in full-time to his chairman position with the Detroit Sports Commission. Terry Radigan, thank you, sir, for being with us. We appreciate it. It's my pleasure. Thanks, guys. As we continue in focus, we've got, of course, Anthony Bellino with us from Sports Wrap and yours truly and more interesting guests coming up. So nice to have young Anthony Bellino here <laughs> telling his Uncle Paul that we're back. Because <laughs> I was involved in several conversations with Mike Pierce from our sales department, who I was given a hard time to earlier. We are, we're just so happy to have the co-host of Sports Rap with legend Lomas Brown. Uh, Lomas calls him A.B. I, I still call him Anthony from our days 17 years ago, working <laughs> together on the morning show. Now he does everything, but the biggest thing is, of course, Sports Wrap, Monday through Friday from 6 till 7. I'm so glad you're here with us today. I'm so so glad to be here. What, could, an, what I, an honor to be hanging out with you. Well, it's an honor for us to have you here because it's the Detroit Red Wings Day here at the Econ Club. And, uh, and no one better to talk to about the Red Wings and other good things happening in and around our city than having you here, Anthony. And speaking of good things happening in our city, happy to welcome Michigan Market Executive of Citizens Bank, Yasmeen Jacy. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here with both of you. Tell me a little bit about yourself, Yasmin. How long have you been here? Where'd you come from? You know, that sort of stuff. So I have been in banking, I now say 27 plus years, because I don't like to give away anything more than that. You started in fourth grade? Thank you for that. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> you seriously been in banking for 27 years? Uh, plus. Yep. Yep. I have been. Wow. Good for you. Uh, the majority of that has been here in Michigan. Uh, outside of four years, I actually uh, was born and raised in Canada. So go hockey. A. A. 
um, <laughs> and uh, started out at a, at a bank in Canada, TD Bank, and then uh, made my way over to Michigan, and I have never left. This is a great state, and I love being a part of it, and I love being a part of the fabric of the banking industry. Well, we love having you here uh, because all the banks, uh, including your Citizens Bank, can play a major role in helping Detroit continue to come back, and, and for that matter, Michigan to grow. There's been a lot of conversation about how we need to grow. We need more people. Banks can have a role uh, helping with that. Tell us a little bit about what, how you look at that. Yeah, I mean, really, uh, population growth is extremely important. Uh, we've seen that we're lagging behind a lot of other states in population growth, and this is something that I think is on the minds of the majority of the business owners here, but also our civic leaders. And I can see uh, the bank playing both an indirect and a direct role in that. Indirectly, you know, we partner with our businesses to make sure that they see us as uh, strategic advisors. We help them as they look at their strategy, their growth strategy, to find ways, innovative ways to be able to create, provide creative ideas to help them improve their bottom line. And when they improve that bottom line and we're there with them, day-to-day -day woven into the fabric of their organization, they can use those proceeds, those improved you know, performance profits to reinvest in their own businesses, but also reinvest in the talent pool. You know, finding ways to attract talent here to Michigan uh, and stay in Michigan and have families in Michigan. And so indirectly, that's one way. Directly, we can partner with them on ways to promote, you know, a better lifestyle within their organization for their employees, either through, you know, 401k options or better, uh, uh, you know, personal finance uh, situations that we can help them with. Um, and then, you know, even talk to them about the future. Maybe they want to do an ESOP. Maybe they want to sell the company to their employees. These are all things that we can strategize with them directly and indirectly to help retain people here in Michigan and grow the population. Yasmeen J.C. with us, Michigan Market Executive, Citizens Bank. What are you seeing, Yasmeen, uh, in terms of, uh, of M&As, uh, mergers and acquisition activity, and, and what kind of impact do you think that's going to have on the regional economy? So that's an interesting question, and it's one that's been coming up quite often. It's interesting because we just came off a few years ago of like really high valuations where everybody was so excited about the value of their company, right? And then, you know, reality set in and now valuations have come down. It's an interesting dynamics because a lot of people still believe that their company is worth those really high valuations, but everyone else's company are lower and they need to be more realistic. So there's a bit of a disconnect. <laughs> <laughs> um, that being said, you know, we've got, you know, a very large group of baby boomer business owners here in Michigan who've been waiting on the sidelines for those valuations to come back. And I think that they aren't going to wait any longer. And so you're seeing a lot more people get into the uh, market to look for opportunities to sell. But you're also seeing buyers out there on both the company side, the strategic company side, and the PE side. The PE firms have a ton of liquidity. And so our M&A advisors have been having fielding a lot of questions guiding folks to help them look for ways to sell their companies and get the best possible return. Why? Because these baby boomer business owners have devoted their entire life to these organizations, right? They have uh, spent years developing these businesses and sometimes they don't even have a second generation or their second generation wants to do their own thing. So they have, have nowhere, no succession planning. Right, right. So that's, you know, 
one of the you know ways we can help them is is uh, you know help them kind of get the best return and then have stability for their family. You know what kind of happened? I'm sure right under my nose, but I missed it. What was the turning point where we went from everyone talking about there weren't enough people to hire, we can't find enough people to hire, to all of a sudden layoffs? Yeah, it's 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 true, and I think that it depends on the industry. We're, a lot of our clients are still looking for people to hire. I mean, unemployment is still really low here in this market. We're almost at around the same number we were back in 2019. And so there are some industries where there's, you're seeing some layoffs, right? You're going to have that residual uh, layoff happen. But I think I saw something recently that said there's still 1.6 jobs for every person who's looking in Michigan. Really? So there is a place for them to go. There's still opportunity. Clearly, Yasmeen J.C., uh, Citizens Bank, you understand, or you wouldn't be here, how important it is for business to be involved in their communities. Tell us a little bit more about your philosophy about that. Yeah, so that's near and dear to my heart. Right? Really, I love having the opportunity to have a large organization like Citizens backing so many different community initiatives here in Michigan. And I've been so proud of the team and the organization and how much they've invested. We've done uh, really great work with so many different organizations like Cleaners Community Food Bank, Year Up, uh, Grow Detroit's Young Talent, um, Great Lakes Business Women's Council, the Greening of Detroit. There's so many. And where we can add value is we do a lot of workforce development for these organizations. Um, and we develop programs on financial empowerment. And, you know, Really, that's one thing because when your communities thrive, your businesses thrive. When your businesses thrive, your economy thrives. So that's one great way to help Michigan. But the other thing is, is that our employees, our next generation of employees, they want to contribute. They want to have purpose. And so our culture is to engage in volunteerism and to bring that as part of our culture. We find that that helps us attract and retain employees. So just going back to your first question, that's another way that we can hopefully have people stay with us, stay in Michigan, grow Michigan's population. Well, it's important. And, it is. And you wouldn't be here today if you didn't believe that. And all businesses should take a look at how they can be involved in our communities. And uh, it's good for the business. Obviously, it's good for the community. And it's been a pleasure meeting you, Yasmin. I hope we talk again soon. Thank you for having me on your show. Well, it was a it, pleasure. It's our pleasure. Yasmin J.C., Michigan Market Executive for Citizens Bank. One breaking story uh, for today uh, is that Mitch McConnell has announced that he will be stepping away, stepping down as the Senate Republican leader in November. And he's had a, a record run uh, in that position, and he has decided the time is right. So that's the breaking story right now. Mitch McConnell stepping down as the Senate Republican leader in November. Uh, still no word on the uh, the president's surprise physical at Walter Reed Hospital today. We'll give you information on that as it becomes available. While we're here today for the 2023 Detroit Red Wings edition, of the Detroit Economic Club on WJR. Stay with us. 
Well, big commotion in the room, uh, and I don't think we're going to be able to get over to him. I can't. Well, I may go over there and let you just be hosting the show right now. Whatever you need. Because uh, we appreciate Anthony Bellino, AB, as the legend Lomas Brown calls him, on our sports wrap Monday through Friday from 6 till 7. AB, Anthony Bellino, is here with us because, well, he knows all there is to know about hockey. And today is the 23-24 Detroit Red Wings feature day for the Detroit Economic Club. Tim Cott is here. Tim is the founder and president and CEO of Masako Consulting. Tim, nice to have you here. Thank you, Paul W. Such a pleasure to be here. Well, it's our pleasure to have you here. And I want to talk about what you're doing with Masako Consulting. Uh, working, uh, I know you're working on a lot of things to improve lives in healthcare. So I'm all ears. Talk well, to me. Well, thank you so much. And um, the platform today uh, with sports and my friends that are here, I think we can take a lot of pride that the state of Michigan has the most comprehensive non-opioid directive in the country. And this is a piece of legislation now that has been dropped in uh, Washington our very same language for every player, every employee, every person in the state of Michigan can opt in to a non-opioid directive, which gives them non-opioid options for a procedure which stops the unnecessary opioid prescription. Which is, which is how we got into trouble in the first Thank place. Thank you. Sadly. Thank you. It was not out of malice. It wasn't out of uh, any bad thoughts. People thought they had the perfect pain reliever. And nobody wants to be in pain. And unfortunately, in our society today, everyone seems to be in pain. And so we're always looking for a way to get people, help people get out of pain. And, uh, and that's what we're doing. What, what do the Red Wings mean to you, Tim Codd, and to your company, Masako Consulting? Well, and, and again, um, trying to change lives. My oldest daughter is on the spectrum. She's nonverbal. She's 30 years old. And as a young parent of five kids we chose very uh specifically not to go away from her so we did stay vacation so i put money into season tickets Hmm. and at the time we didn't have season tickets to the red wings because they were sold out and much to what we're seeing right now which is a great thing yeah and because of that exposure and that commitment the red wings um just like most of the professional sports but most specifically Detroit Special because they do they do participate in this community and we are different because of that. And what they've done with the non-opioid, with Dr. Colucci um, and these union members here, 25% of the union member population is on an opioid. What's that? 25% of the active union population are on opioids because... Of the work-related injury and their business model is that if they don't work they don't get paid so they defer all their care and the same thing with hockey you're gonna play through pain so you'll do everything and anything Boy. and to your point earlier you just said this is innocent until it's too late yeah. and through tragedy that's why you have the building trades Pat Devlin who's here today Ken Daniels his son has yeah. a you know, the Jamie Daniels. Jamie Daniels yep. And it's amazing that this is the kind of effort through tragedy that you get this response. And the Red Wings have been phenomenal. Mickey Redmond, dear friend, as you know, Paul, and, and Ken. And it's amazing. And the Red Wings have um, truly been a, a North Star 
uh, trying to take a metaphor from hockey, but uh, right. in leading this cause. And uh, we're very, very grateful for that. And it's much, so much more than just a ticket to a hockey game. So that is, uh, obviously, that underscores Tim Cott, founder, president, CEO of Masako Consulting, underscores what the Detroit Economic Club means to you, and very specifically this this event in yeah. particular. And today I have my, my youngest son, Tucker, and every single one of my kids have journeyed through the Detroit Economic Club. And my second oldest daughter, who's 26, is now a banker at J.P. Morgan. She came here as a high school student because, again, we didn't go to Disney. We didn't go anywhere. We chose to do decisions and, and enjoy the, the resources in Michigan. Um, and we were able to demonstrate the experience of this environment and what this environment meant to their potential future. And now Casey is a banker, changed her life. Um, and Lexi is now wor- working at Rocket Mortgage, my second daughter. And then my son's playing hockey in the Anaheim Ducks organization. And now my youngest son is going, uh, going to go to either Michigan State or Grand Valley. But because of the economic club, they got that exposure, which from an entertainment perspective, you can go to these wonderful pro sports and venues. But when you have the Detroit Economic Club and you can bring your children, it's amazing the experience and the opportunity it possesses. You know, uh, Todd, the work there Tim. as uh, Tim. As Sorry you, about that. No, that's okay, Tim. Cotton. You know, the work there that you were discussing when you talked about the addiction that develops when trying to fight through the pain and getting out there in the relationship that the parallel that's there between the, the union worker and the professional athlete. I mean, it couldn't that, that parallel couldn't be any closer. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for making that uh, very obvious to you, but not to many. And if you look at the union population, they're former athletes. Mm-hmm. They're mostly veterans, so they're tough. Men and women are tough. They served our country and, well. And served our country well. So they defer their care, and they'll do everything and anything they can to stay on the job because once that bridge is done, they got to go to somewhere else. Because it's not the same bridge. It's not the same building. They, you know, they're, they're very mobile. So that's why, again, they, this issue is real to them. They chose to take this on and pass the last bipartisan piece of legislation, which Michigan should be very proud of. Ken Daniels, well, again, this is not an accident. Why he's so involved in this with the Jamie Daniels. And if we can stop, and Paul, thank you for making that point. If we can stop that one unnecessary opioid prescription... You won't get to that addiction. Yeah, it's it, it's it's a very complicated issue. Yes, it because is. Because there are people who need the opioids. There are people. Nobody wants to be told, as one of my commercials says, nobody wants to be told, well, you're just going to have to learn to live with pain. I believe in this day and age, no one should have to live with pain. Thank you. But there are ways to fix the problem without creating a bigger problem. Thank you. And it's amazing. And, and again, because of you and the voice of not just Detroit, but of the greater uh, state of Michigan in the Midwest, you know, Jim Harbaugh, Tom Izzo. Great guys. Great guys. guys and when they found so much, out. So much more for, for and, Michigan and their sports and than when, just be coaches. And when they found out that there were non-opioid options, they got emotional because they all have dealt I mean, it is unfortunately uh, underreported because of the stigma. 
And when they're having tragedy, um, it, we, we don't have to get that far. Thanks for being with us, uh, Tim Codd. Founder, President, CEO of Masako Consulting. Keep up the good work. Any way we can help you along the Thank way, you, let us Paul. know. Thank you so very much. I appreciate you It's guys. our pleasure. Anthony Bellino, Paul W. Smith, here at the Detroit Economic Club. It is the Red Wings Day, and they're getting ready to start. And we're uh, looking forward to continuing into this next hour with lots more to talk about on WJR. I'm your co-host for Focus today, uh, usually pretty much by myself, along with the team, the team, the team, Dave Rieger, Danielle Mason, Rich Luzinski, today Ray Templin running the controls, and picked a good room for the broadcast today, the green room here at the Economic Club. It's Red Wings Day, and they do it every year, and it's a big deal. We just... uh, we just went over and spoke to Stevie Iserman. My, uh, my, my, what I'm getting around to, it's taking me forever, but my uh, co-host, Anthony Bellino, is here. You know Anthony, uh, or A.B., as the legend Lomas Brown calls him, from Sports Wrap, Monday through Friday, from 6 till 7. Um, and, and you're doing a great job on that show, by the way. Thank you very much, sir. And for I those who think that. you're new to the station, I can say you were here 17 years ago with us on the morning show. You know, I didn't get a chance to see my mom to grab the cookies, but I will have some for you. I wish you wouldn't have brought that up. I had to. I had actually forgotten about the cookies. and how, They're unforgettable cookies unforgettable. from Danny's Fine Foods Unbelievable. in Monroe. Danny's Fine Foods, a great place to shop, and that's, that is uh, Joe Bellino's, uh, um, uh, Joe Bellino's, his uncle. And we always have talked about it with Joe Bellino, but Anthony Bellino's family. And you work there mm-hmm. uh, as a butcher. Yeah. You, I mean, you got to do what you got to do. I mean, you, gotta, you, you have gotta, a lot of different you gotta, talents. You got to get in there. You can't stop working. What's your favorite, you to, this what's, is what's your f- favorite cut of meat? Porterhouse. <laughs> porterhouse. Not, not ribeye? No, porterhouse. porterhouse I'm lean yeah. and mean. I, you know, ribeye is a lot of, you know, a lot other, of marbling. The man. other guy, you just heard his voice, he's the butcher on the ice. <laughs> <laughs> For years, he was the butcher on the ice. Get a little chin music going on. Yeah, how are you? Uh, Mickey Redmond is here. Good to be here. How are you? Oh, my God, I'm long good. Long time no see. And, it has uh, been too long. Always good to see you. Always good to see you. What was the party that we, we that was a long time ago in Franklin? Uh, yeah, you were emceeing like a, a either a Thanksgiving or a Christmas get-together, uh, just a, a feel-good night. And uh, when you get involved with stuff like that, it's always a feel-good moment. <laughs> no, it, yeah. when you get involved in stuff like that, Mickey, I'm so glad you're still loving doing the color and, uh, God, and being yes. on the broadcast. It, you, you, you just love it. Yeah, there's no question about that. Being around the kids is uh, is really cool. Um as I've said many times now, the game is, it's the same game that we played, that Steve Eisenman played and I did before him, but they just play it a little differently now. <laughs> they're a lot faster, they're a lot bigger, they're a lot stronger, they're in a lot better shape, and um, it's, it's really is, is cool. It, is it a more precise game? Um, in a lot of ways, it is. You know, every one of these guys that's on the ice now, they skate 100 miles an hour. The back pressure uh, on checking is much more than we ever had. Um, they all have skill levels that are off the charts. It's incredible. Uh, from your first line to your fourth line, that was never the way back in the day. So it's uh, it's pretty amazing to watch these guys. The speed and the tempo of the game is ridiculous on any given night. It's up and down, up and down, up and down, and pretty wild, but still lots of fun and the greatest game in the world. You know, Mickey Redmond uh, being teamed up with Ken Daniels, Ken the play-by-play voice, for the Detroit Red Wings on Bally Sports, Mickey, the color commentator. Um, that's an art in itself. And when they get it right, 
you should just leave it alone and let it go forever. And that's what's happened with you two guys. Yeah, um, there's a lot to do. As you know, you guys are, are in this similar kind of business where cadence is important, knowing when to get in, when to, when to get out, when to leave it alone. Right. Uh, when the humor is there, you go for it. When it's not there, you can't force it. I mean, there's a whole lot of things that I think go into doing what you do when you've got a microphone in front of your face like this. But um, it, uh, for me, it's been 45 years, I think, 44 or 45. Wow. I've been doing color. Wow. And um, it doesn't get any better. I'm, I'm loving every second of it. And I, I go down on the bench, literally on our bench in the third period. And uh, it's pretty cool. For a guy my age to still be doing this kind of what stuff. Is your, what is your age? 76. That's a great age. That's our frequency, 760 on the AM dial. There you go. You're going to stay 76 for the rest there of you your go. life. That's what I think. Yeah. My yeah. daughter was born when I was 50. She's 20 now. Yeah. I'm still 50. <laughs> it's the way it works, you know, when hey, we're listen, in charge of the math. It's all what you make of it every day, isn't it? Mickey Redman, I haven't been in the booth when you're in there with Ken. Uh, having been a great hockey player, do you find yourself making the moves? Oh, yeah. With the players yeah, and, down and, on the ice. And what's even scarier than that is the language sometimes come up <laughs> under my breath. Well, it's I had like, a little really? of that earlier in the show. I had a little of my language out there. <laughs> yeah, you still uh, you still get your dander up when you see something happen against one of our guys. And, you know, it's all part of the game. That's why this game is um, and always will be the greatest game in the world. It's fast. It's hard. It's It's difficult. There's fighting. It's a, it's a challenge. They challenge your ego and your, 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 your manhood every day. On, that's why it's not, a, it's not a kid's game. Mm-mm. It's a man's game. And even though there's a lot of young kids playing it right now, you notice like Connor Bedard in Chicago, broken jaw. Tough business, boys. These boys don't, don't uh, take any prisoners. They're there to hurt. They're there to hit. And you better be ready for it. And you know? yet you take the uh, – this is not a word that probably is best – and Anthony Bellino can correct me in this. You take the gentle um, job, the patient job is a better word, that Steve Eiserman has had mm-hmm. building this team to look where we are at a crescendo at just the right time. This yeah. is like a Tom Izzo team yeah. that struggles through the season, but right at the right moment, get it all together. Yeah, there's a lot to be said for that. Um, we still have 24, 23 games yet yep. to play. A long road to hoe, for sure. Um, but as I've been saying, you know, the last couple of weeks, if we – tomorrow night we've got the Islanders, who are one of the teams that are chasing us and chasing a playoff spot. If we win tomorrow night, we have 22 games left, and if we go 500 after that, we're 96 points, we're in the playoffs. There's no question about it. And when I left the gondola the other night – with the Carol or the uh, the Colorado game, we were down one to nothing after two, and I said to Daniels, "If we come back and win this game, we're making the playoffs." Oh my gosh, didn't we? Oh boy, Kane scored in overtime, and uh, the rest is history. It's been it's been fun. What do you think, Mickey, that that game against Colorado, for the guys that have been around, like a Dylan Larkin, for example, he's seen where this team has been and where they're at right now. Was that the first playoff game played in LCA? Um, the, it sure felt like it. Uh, people around the building said, Jesus, Mick, uh, this building has never seen the likes of this, what went on here tonight, in seven years. Um, it was it was, it was, was electric. The place was absolutely on fire. And, of course, the old videos of the, the fights and the rivalry of the Colorado never goes away. But uh, the young kids sit on the bench. I get a kick out of that when uh, 
they look up at the board and they see this stuff going on with Wah fighting Vernon and fighting Ozzy, and they go, really? They actually played like this? <laughs> they have no idea. Special and like, moment. Oh, my God. But, it, yeah, it was on fire on Thursday, or I think it was Tuesday night. Um, and we come back and win the game in overtime and kept this run going, and now we're six straight. And they're playing a lot better defensively and keeping the puck out of the net. The goaltenders have been solid, and uh, they're feeding off it right now, and the confidence is sky high. When you look at the, the, the special teams, right, we got a shorty last night in that 8-3 to three victory. The power play has been fantastic. But the dynamic of that power play has changed a little bit where we have a guy in front, in front of the net as the screen. We've got guys in either circle. They're using that bumper spot between the circles a whole lot more on this power play. It seems to really kind of open things up even though everybody's more condensed. The defenses are uh, – Colorado did a really good job that night of taking away the middle of the ice for the most part until Larkin scored to tie the game. Um, but when you've added people like DeBrinket and Kane who score goals that most people that play this game don't get to score. They can't score them that way. That's how elite these guys are. It changes the way you look at the game, play the game, defend the game, offense the game, whatever it is. So they've jumped into that power play where Perron was on the left side, right-hand shot. Now you got Kane as a left-hand shot on the right side. you got uh, Lucas Raymond, right-hand shot on the left side, like Ovechkin last night. Uh, they've got a lot of different looks. And then you got... Larkin, who's in the bumper spot a lot in the middle, um, it really gives you a lot of options, and it gives headaches to the to the defenders trying to trying to keep it out of their net. So it's been working pretty good, pretty good, and the PK has been really good too. Last night, for example, Washington's on the power play; they just scored a goal. They're feeding off it; they got momentum, and I go, okay, they score here two minutes ago in a period. You go in and you're down one, and it's a different game. Don't we score shorthanded, go up 5-2, that game's over. And that's how quickly it can, it can snap in a game like that. So there's a lot of really interesting and good things going on right now with this team, and hopefully we're not, uh, to your point, Paul, that we're not, uh, we're not reaching that crescendo too early. Right. We've got a lot of work to do yet, but uh, the confidence level is really, really good, and it's really fun to watch. Mickey Redmond, when you've achieved your status – anyone in any sport who achieves your status and is still so very much involved with the game, joining uh, Ken and you do the color, he does the play-by-play, you can't help but be asked a very unfair question on the, on the balance of this, and that is they ask you who the best hockey players are or who the best hockey players that you were good enough to play with and enjoyed. And to me it's unfair because the different generations – represent a whole different right. hockey each generation for sure yeah There's, that that is a question that it really is unanswerable in a lot of ways but i came up with bobby Orr. Uh, i was almost a boston bruin instead of a montreal canadian they wanted me to go to oshawa which is the farm team of the bruins when i was 14 Oh, my. My mother put the kibosh on that and said, no, he's too small. He's 100 pounds. He'll get killed. <laughs> they said, no, he's not going. And the next year, I got signed by Peterborough at 15 years old, and that was Montreal's farm, farm team. They give you a C form, 200 bucks, and a stamp on your rear end, and you belong to the big club. That's it. <laughs> Game over. So that's the way it was back in the 14 day. 14 and 15. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was just yeah, I don't know. It's just the way it was, but uh, you know what? You had to survive. You play up uh, up at different levels. I never did play midget. 
played in Pee Wee Bantam. Jumped right over. Went from Bantam to Junior B, Junior A. Boom, like that. So it was pretty crazy, but it was uh, it was a hell of a ride. Yeah. Is there anyone you didn't like playing with oh, or God. against? Well, <laughs> there's a lot of butchers when I was playing. <laughs> well, the butcher was what came to mind yeah, when I started to, this you conversation. Had to, you had to know who who they were, where they were all the time on the ice. Um, I'd tell a story, but we were in Philadelphia and uh, going to play the Broad Street Bullies, and, boy, they were tough to play against. The Bruins originally, I could let me digress a bit. We were in a plane of Montreal, and we had John Ferguson, who may be the toughest guy in the league, we're in Boston. We had six bench-clearing brawls in one game. Oh, wow. So, so <laughs> the first guy that jumps off the bench gets a $100 fine. So everybody throw in 5 bucks, you pay the fine. So Fergie, on the first bench-clearing brawl, he jumps off the bench, and now it goes on for 10 minutes. The next one, if he jumps on again, he's going to get suspended. So what does he do? He goes down to the end of the bench, he picks up the spare goalie, throws him on the ice, <laughs> and then he follows him. So the goalie got the $100 fine. <laughs> Oh, it was it was mayhem! I tell you, six six bench clearing bench clearing brawls. Yeah. yeah, and Phil uh, Phil Roberto and Derek Sanderson ended up in the stands behind our bench, fighting each other. They're both from Niagara Falls, Ontario. <laughs> A Boston cop hit Phil over the head, knocked him out. Oh, it was just. You can't make this stuff up. No, but you you can't tell the story without a smile on your face, oh, Mickey sure. Redmond. You are know. you're reliving and enjoying the moment yeah. time and time again. You know, it's it's the other night in Chicago. I had tears in my eyes from the moment I walked in the game. Wayne Gretzky was there. Ty Domi was there for Chelios's uh, retirement. Right. And Wayne gave me a big hug, and he said, "You know, Mick, every time I see you on television, I think of our friend Ace Bailey, who died in 9/11." Oh. And Ace was, he raised Wayne in the Indianapolis in the WHA. And I took uh, Ace in to live with me when he got traded from Boston to Detroit. And we were together for two years. And uh, I said, one time, Wayne, I went to Boston for three days. I got home three weeks later. <laughs> we, had, we had a little bit of fun. But anyway, he had tears in my eyes thinking about Ace. Oh, yeah. Uh, and from that moment on, all the celebrities that were there, all the other players that played with Shelly and all those guys and Kane. And it was just a, a wonderful celebration of, of the brotherhood of the NHL and the game, the greatness of the game. And that alone brings brings uh, nostalgic memories to my my eyes. Uh, well, you know what? It. You bring those nostalgic memories to our hearts. That's and I fun. thank you for that. Oh, you're welcome. It's I can't get enough of it, and I can't deliver enough. And we've got uh, what I would consider the greatest fans in the world, of course, around here. The passion for the game with Red Wing fans in, in Detroit and in Michigan and around the world is second to none. It has been through our 25-year run in the playoffs and all the cups and even in our rebuild. Now that we're eight years in and hopefully uh, we're going we're gonna to revisit the playoffs here uh, very shortly. Mickey Redman, the great one, now color commentator for the Detroit Red Wings on Bally Sports. Uh, along with Ken Daniels, uh, doing a great job doing the play-by-play. Ken Daniels uh, and the Jamie Daniels Foundation. All of you guys have done great things beyond the sport. We do our best, Paul, just like you. You, you, do, you do your best to help as many as you possibly can that are not as fortunate as we've been. And uh, let me close in saying that hopefully my age will change, but your 760 never will. <laughs> right. Well my done. mother used to listen to you guys in Peterborough. Oh, God in the wintertime because it was clear skies. Right. And that 50,000 watts would travel to Peterborough. 
I was talking to the guys about yeah. when we carried the wings, and hopefully right. we'll carry them again. Yeah. I remember being in Philadelphia for one of the Stanley Cup playoff finals and being on the Schuylkill Expressway yeah. and turning the radio on and heard it clear as a bell, WJR sure. 760. Yeah. Clear as a bell in Philadelphia. 50,000 watts, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely right. Thank you for everything, Mickey. Good and to may see you, you guys. continue forever. All the best. Thanks for the support for the hockey team. and. Uh, have a great day. The great one, Mickey Redmond, along with Anthony Bellino, co-host of Sports Wrap with the legend Lomas Brown, as we continue in focus on WJR. It is the Detroit Red Wings special day here at the Detroit Economic Club, and they thank their sponsors and partners, Dow, DTE Foundation, Ford, Ford Motor Company, GM, uh, all the good people that make this happen. I thank my team here. Uh, Dave Rieger, Danielle Mason, Rich Luzinski, uh, Ray Templin on location. Uh, Marie Osborne is here. She did the WJR News Briefs. And uh, we're so lucky, too, to have the co-host of Sports Wrap with uh, legendary Lomas Brown, the one and only Anthony Bellino. He calls me Uncle Paul because we started, uh, he started on my show 17 years ago. And I couldn't be more proud of you with all the things you've accomplished and will continue to accomplish. And now, full-time with WJR. I mean, really, it's a, uh, it's a dream. It's it is a dream. A dream and it, and it, it, you started, you, you're able to get in, you're able to learn uh, so much between you and Brian and Ann and how things operate. Then starting off at you know local radio level and trying to learn and try to replicate, you try to duplicate what works, what doesn't work, and you get a feel for uh, the business. And then Terry just sent me a tweet. Uh, Terry Ritvoy tweets, and he said, that was a Hall of Fame interview with Mickey and how much he enjoyed listening to that. Okay, and, Terry Radigan? No, no. Uh, Terry, Terry Ritboy, just a, a listener. Oh, just oh, okay. send, send a right. tweet in. And yeah. you think about how you go about and you ask your questions and you develop the thought and you make the guest feel comfortable when they come and sit down and how personable you're shaking everybody's hand. It's just, uh, you know, between you and Lomas, there's a lot of good people to be able to look to uh, as mentors and as, as guidance in this industry. Well, you know, we have a lot of good compliments from people, and a lot of that comes from many years of doing what we do. Uh, probably not hard enough hitting that some people would like us to be uh, or whatever. But, uh, for example, with Senator Manchin, we got a lot of good comments on that. It was a good conversation. And and a guy I so respect, Dick Hafner, our former news director, and he does these health uh, breaks for us now, Dick Hafner complimented us on that uh, interview specifically. And that's what we aim for here in Focus. It's not like the Focus of Days Gone By where you run four commercials an hour and you have 15 minutes with each guest. That doesn't exist in radio anymore. Nobody could afford to do that. But we do try to spend a little more quality time with our guests, and uh, and we're we're thrilled to be able to do that. So I'm going to just ask you uh, very quickly, Marie. I know you're coming up in just a bit. We've got some important things to talk about. You've got more on the Mitch McConnell uh, announcing he's going to step down from leadership. Uh, but what was it like going in there and, uh, and doing the uh, the news briefs? Oh, it's always great um, just to be in front of that crowd. There was a lot of red in there, uh, so that was great, sure. you know, honoring the Red Wings. Uh, yeah, it's always a great crowd. We were talking, Terry Radigan and I were talking before I went in there about how there may not be another econ club or a club like this anywhere in the country. I told him that the number of times I've had to come to these events as a reporter because some enormous newsmaker was the featured guest that's the caliber of people right. they bring in here. Steve Gregorian has done a fabulous job uh, bringing in some amazing speakers. Yep. This is known across the country as one of the great places to be asked to speak. 
And oftentimes national media will be here, again, to cover the person that's giving the speech, the keynote speaker of the day. So this is just a vibrant uh, community of people, of business leaders and others who come here to really get some great information and a pretty good lunch, too. <laughs> a pretty good lunch, indeed. And you know what else? One of the things I was thinking of, Marie Osborne, is um, most of us sit in a little booth and do what we do. We don't hear reaction from a crowd. We don't see the people we're talking to. We're in a little booth talking. So here you are on a stage presenting the news headlines and maybe one of the few times that you have applause after you finish your newscast. Right, exactly, exactly. So, yeah, it's a, it's a different way of doing what we do, and it's always great to see people that, you know, say to you, oh, I listen every day, or I, I heard, like you said, the, the interview with Joe Manchin. It's that kind of thing that really keeps you going and, and really gives you the gas to keep going. And we've got Marie coming right back in just a moment with what she was scheduled to talk about. Kind of bizarre. I saw the story, too. The U.S. Army says they're going to strengthen their their forces for the next war by cutting soldiers. Well, they're not precisely cutting soldiers. They're cutting positions. I'll explain when we come back. We'll look forward to that as we continue on WJR. Yeah, along with our good friend Anthony Bellino, uh, he is a co-host of Sports Wrap with the legend Lomas Brown, uh, Monday through Friday from 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. You don't want to miss the show. It's great. And they do a nice job. And he's here with us because he knows everything we need to know about the Red Wings. And we could see that in our conversation with Mickey Redman and with others coming up. Now we have other news. Uh, Mr. McConnell has uh, decided to uh, step down, finally, out of his leadership position. Um, but there's uh, also some interesting news. I mean, worker layoffs have been an unfortunate trend in 2024. Now, even the United States Army is getting involved. Those workforce cuts are in the works with a major restructuring among the ranks. Military officials say the changes will position the Army to better fight the next major war. Uh, doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but here to make sense of it, our WJR senior news analyst, Marie Osborne, with a look at, at what the Army is actually saying and planning, Marie. Right, Paul. So these cuts will be coming, as a government document said, the cuts will be coming in spaces, not faces. In other words, no soldiers will be asked to leave. These cuts are going to be coming in empty positions. Now, the changes are signaling a shift for the Army to prepare for large-scale combat operations against more sophisticated enemies. And it underscores the recruiting challenges that all the military services are facing right now. The cuts, again, as we said, will be in already empty posts. That's about 24,000 or uh, people or 5% of the people. And the jobs will be in the area of counterinsurgency. That area of the Army was boosted during the war in Iraq and Afghanistan, but now we're told they are not needed as much as today. 3,000 of the Army uh, uh, cuts will be in special operations. Now, the Army's Help Wanted sign is out in other areas. This is what makes it so confusing. Well, in Doing area, away with 24,000 positions, yet hiring 7,500 new people. Well, they're, lo you know, they're looking for those people, but the, the positions 
are the again it's the spaces not faces that are going to be cut so these are empty positions so they are going to be putting more soldiers in things like air defense counter drone uh, uh, units and new task forces which will enhance cyber intelligence and long range strike capabilities so that signals that this is a new army that's in the works now overall the last fiscal year the army uh, navy air force all failed to meet their recruitment goals the marine corps and the space force did meet their targets the army brought in a bit more than 50,000 recruits paul but that was short of the 65,000 right. that they needed so essentially they are looking for people but they're going to be putting them in new areas of the military it's fascinating because uh, you know the the old military they put you wherever they needed and wanted you. I mean, right. it wasn't like, well, and they I'd are... really like to do this. Oh, no, really? But, yeah, but they're doing that essentially uh, again. I think it's interesting for those of us, of course, that remember 9-11 all too well. You know, the, the push for counterinsurgency, the the push to have units that specialized in those areas, they're going to be backing off from that. Now they want to be have people more in these units that deal with drone warfare and uh, counter-drone warfare, if you will, cyber intelligence. It's a new age. If we could, in the couple of minutes we have left, and not to throw you a curveball, but you are a news person here, did a nice job as the WJR News Briefs, uh, Marie Osborne. What about... Uh, is there anything in particular we need to know about Mitch McConnell stepping down as the Senate Republican leader after what really was a record run in that Longest job? serving. Yeah, longest serving uh, uh, person in Senate history. Um, he's been the uh, GOP leader since 2007. He made the speech today. Um, he, it, it was interesting what he said. He says, as I've been thinking about when I would deliver some news to the Senate, I always imagined a moment when I had total clarity and peace about the sunset of my work, and that day arrived today. So he'll actually be stepping down in November. I guess that's the end of his term, and he's 82 years old. Just turned 82 last week. Mm-hmm. Yep. Interesting, on the day that our president had a surprise uh, visit at uh, Walter Reed Hospital for a physical that was not on his schedule, and apparently they always put presidential physicals on oh, the, they do. the day schedule, mm-hmm. there wasn't one for this one. And you look, we are so full of conspiracy theories and announcements and concerns, and there's been a lot of concern about this president being able to go the distance for another term and one wonders if he's going to come back from Walter Reed and say after great discussion we feel it's best that I conclude my presidency with the end of this term. I think that would be major breaking news. I don't know that that's I don't know what's that's, in the works I, or not. It's, and it we don't can't really help but think about it. We don't really know why something else may have opened up on his schedule. That may be the reason why he went to Walter Reed. We don't we we don't really know that uh, per se. No, we have no idea. Yeah. And also by the way, Pope Francis uh, in the hospital in as the well. In the flu again. Yeah. Yeah, and he's and, him better. and he's been struggling, of course, with um, you know he only has part of a lung, and so he's been struggling with these respiratory issues for a while. How old is he? I don't remember. Uh, I think he's in his eighty-seven. Eighty-seven. He's years in his old. eighty-seven. Yeah, he's eighty-seven. <laughs> 87. He's eighty-seven. All right. Uh, well, we say a prayer for him and hope that he can recover 
nicely. Anything else we need to know uh, before we I, let you go? I think that covers it. That covers it pretty well. And We're it was here. great to see Mickey Redmond. Wasn't it? Mm-hmm. It's just great to hear from him yep. after all these years of being able to have another conversation with him. You learn a lot when you talk to some of the people who've been around a very long time. And that's certainly the case with Mickey Redmond. We continue here uh, at the Detroit Economic Club. You can join, you know, you can go to uh, econclub.org, econclub.org. You can also be a sponsor or a partner. Be a part of this because it's really important as we continue on WJR. Well, that's going to do it for uh, today here at uh, 149. I cannot thank Anthony Bellino enough for lending us his talent, uh, which is great. Uh, co-host of Sports Rap with the legend Lomas Brown. Um, I hope you enjoyed yourself today. This was sensational. Wasn't it fun? Oh, I loved it. Yeah, this was, this was great fun. And, uh, and I'm sure we're going to be hearing from you in a variety of time periods on this great radio station over the next uh, several years. I would have to say, at your age, you're the future of WJR. That's a uh, that, that's quite the quite the title to throw at me here at one one fifty on a Wednesday. But growing up in Monroe, working at the family business, Danny's Fine Foods, and doing all of the broadcasting work you've done since we first met you seventeen years ago on our morning show as an intern, has been grooming you for moments like this, and you've answered the call brilliantly. Well, thank you, sir. A really good job, Anthony. That is the truth. Um, Getting ready, uh, he's hard to live with now. His head is so big. I'm not sure that uh, Chris Renwick was able to get his head in the studio after the fine interview (laughs) he did, and he walked away uh, clean after spending time with former President Donald Trump. Good job on that, pal. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, now I don't know how big my head is. Um, But when when I go home, that that, that, uh, changes pretty quickly. Okay, well, as long as it's not floating up to the ceiling in the studio, you're okay. No, all is good at this hour, thankfully. But thank you. That's that's nice, Paul. Well, congratulations. Job well done. What do you got planned for today? It's always hard to follow up. Yeah, no, I mean, look, we've got, I mean, we, we've got primary results now in the state of Michigan. And I'm, I'm going to be interested to hear from people about who they voted for and why. Because and, and, and there's a lot of reasons to, to vote for certain candidates in a primary. Right. And and but but I'm interested to know why people voted the way they did yesterday, because it was a it was a resounding win for Donald Trump again. And, and I, I said this earlier this week, I said it after South Carolina, that the, the path for Nikki Haley is is basically non-existent. I was it, just going to say what path it doesn't exist. And so. um you know, this is this is a two horse race. This is Donald Trump and Joe Biden. And and I'm if you voted for Nikki Haley, are you are you going to to switch allegiances and go over Donald Trump? Is that unthinkable? Is that something that you can't stomach? Are you going to sit out in November? I think there are some interesting questions that that come out of uh, the primary here in Michigan on the Republican side, on the Democratic side. Paul, you remember how many votes Joe Biden won by in 2020? No, I don't. It, it was about 150, all right, 150,000. Yesterday, over 100,000 people voted uncommitted. Mm-hmm. So while we're not at that threshold yet, you do wonder if things don't change in the eyes of some in this community about the way that the president has handled the situation in the Middle East. How is that going to impact? How is that 
the 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 support that they may have now, how is that going to deteriorate by November? Well, I think we know obviously for sure that much of Dearborn was uncommitted. They were that was a big successful campaign. How many people across the country feel the same way? And there are many who feel what's going on now is not proper, not right, uh, and that our president is supporting Israel in what they're doing now, well beyond the Hamas attack, but they say they're not going to stop until Hamas is eliminated. How do you eliminate uh, a, a concept, a philosophy? I, I don't think you can, sadly. But beyond that, we'll see how many other people will go with the uncommitted. It'll be interesting. I have no problem. In fact, I embrace if people want to choose uncommitted because it's one of the very viable choices that's out there. I don't like and I mentioned this to Madam Secretary of State uh, yesterday or the day yesterday, I guess. I, I don't like it when people use their vote as a weapon. And we know very well that a number of Democrats were urged to vote for Nikki Haley to kind of screw up Donald Trump. That's I, I think that's first of all, it's a it's a waste of a vote. And secondly, it's just wrong. You use the vote to vote for somebody that you really want. What if they all of a sudden came out and said, okay, we, we now have the records and anyone who voted for Nikki Haley must vote for Nikki Haley in the real election. Boy, there'd be a lot of people who would be very upset. Sure. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I, you know, do, How do you view the, the Donald Trump win last night, a 40% spread here in the state of Michigan? I, it, did, did that surprise you at all? Did it surprise no. you that Nikki Haley got, got to 26%? Not with her Democrat help. No, I, I, there was no surprise. Um, sadly, I see no surprises coming up along the way. I, ju- I, I mean, sadly, the only surprise is one or both of them, for one reason or another, dropping out of the race. And and I don't see either one of them wanting to do that, and, and I'm sure they'd be stubborn about it, but you never know. I mean, here we have the, the president going for what was, in all intents and purposes, an unscheduled medical exam. We don't know exactly what's going on there, but it gives certainly plenty of room to talk and wonder because there are a number of people who don't really believe Joe Biden even believes he can go another four years. But there's a strategic way to handle this so that the Democrats are not left weaker, but stronger based on how they handle this. I don't know what they're doing. I have no idea at this point. And as far as the Republicans go, the Republicans are pretty much locked in because the people who love and like Donald Trump are strong. They show up and they vote. The people who don't like Donald Trump or are never Trumpers, we haven't heard that lately, um, they may or may not show up. They may also go, if you will, uh, uncommitted in the presidential election. So, I mean, you can't, I can't guess how any of this is going to go. I, I just can't at this point. At this point, nothing would surprise me, though. I don't know. I, Marie uh, poo-poos me when I say maybe he's going to come back from Walter Reed and say, oh, boy, they found some stuff, and it's just best if I don't continue. Uh, <laughs> I'm not throwing you a curveball, but we discussed this a little while ago. There's Anything nothing that's, could happen. There's nothing Anything. that's been said to make anyone believe right. that. I like to be... You know, I, like Wayne Proactive. Gretzky, I like to be in front of the puck. Not where the puck is, but where I think the puck is going. That's what I do. And so I think the puck might be going out of the White House, but I don't know. I have no idea. 
But it's fun to guess because, well. The, the, the president is back from Walter Reed, by the oh, way. Oh, he is? Yeah, he is back. Uh, and as a matter of fact, he is standing next to the presidential lectern uh, who is speaking right now, Detroit police chief. James White. Yeah, James at the White, White is House in today. Washington. Yep. yep. So oh, he's, he's know, talking about the n- crime numbers dropping so precipitously. And yep. certainly the president had a lot to do with that. Pause. Um, okay, uh, that's great. That's excellent news, certainly. Um, hmm. I, d- I do have some audio from uh, the, the meeting that the president had at Walter Reed. Here, can you play that? Here, play that audio. Uh, Mr. President, would you please turn your head and cough? <coughs> <coughs> Everything seems to be just fine down there, sir. Thank you. Well, I didn't know we could get that audio. That was something. I bet nobody else has that audio. <laughs> Maria's, Maria's beside herself. She's, if I could say appalled, Maria's appalled. Thanks to the team, Dave Rieger, Daniel Mason, Rich Luzinski, add that, Ray Templin, uh, and Marie Osborne, and uh, the one and only... Anthony Bellino, catch him tonight, co-hosting Sports Wrap with the legend Lomas Brown. Regards, Paul W. Smith.